Welcome to part two of the World Championships edition of the Magnastics podcast. We do want to apologize for the delay in uploading both of these podcast episodes. I want to remind everyone that we did record this pretty much right after the last final of Worlds. So between then and when this podcast episode actually goes up, the Cottbus World Cup happened, which changes some things in regards to who we think could win those World Cup spots. Just something to keep in mind while listening to the end portion of this episode. So thanks for sticking with us, and let's get started. All right, team final. Um, I don't even know where to start for this. Well, let's just start at the beginning. So... Russia and China started off on floor, and Japan started on pommel horse, USA on vault, and GB on rings. So, like we were talking about before, Japan on pommel horse are extremely good. There's an extremely good pommel horse lineup. All three of them hit again, so that was cool. And also, as you'd expect, Russia on floor put up a Big team total. All of their scores were above 14.3. Arta was a bit kind of hoppity hop all over the place. They would have been hoping for a higher score from him, but you know, uh, he's got a lot of difficulties, so it's got a high score. But then what was surprising was the highest floor score of the entire team final came from Xiao Tung with a 15.033. So even though Lin Xiaopan and Deng Shudi both had, you know, some errors that both went out of bounds, China were only behind Russia by 0.5 after the first rotation. China's good on floor now, guys. Yeah, you know what I think it is? I think because last year after Russia, like, scared the crap out of them at Worlds, China and Japan had a couple of joint training camps with their national teams, which was like a huge deal because obviously they're like historic rivals. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know, maybe they absorbed some Japanese floor power. So then going with Russia and China to pommel horse, Japan to rings. China are obviously extremely good at pommel horse. We know this. They have the world champion at the time. They had... So Jin Yuan, who made the event final, and they also have Sun Wei, who we all know is very good at pommel horse. Mm-hmm. They put up a huge pommel horse number, a few tenths ahead of what Japan had just put up with their excellent lineup. And at this point, it looked like it was all going China's way. Russia had like a reasonable pommel horse rotation. They didn't have any disasters. They didn't have any falls, but they did have kind of lower scores than they would have wanted, particularly a 14.0 from Belyavsky and a 13.666 from Stratovich. But the other thing that happened in this rotation was Japan on rings. So like I said earlier, they had, you know, they weren't looking that hot on rings in qualifying. But here they put up a very impressive rings lineup, uh, capped off by a 14.766 from Yuya Komoto which is a big number. Before we get any further, I just want to say, so Ukraine, they knew they had no shot at a team medal and just they decided that they were only going to put Oleg up on pommel horse. Igor did his only events and then Petro only did 
parallel bars and high bar. They decided that they were going to give the bulk of the responsibility to the other guys, Raiko and Yudenkov, which I think was a smart strategy for them. Yeah, um, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but I think it paid off. I mean, they already got that team spot to Tokyo. Might as well save your superstars for finals. Exactly, exactly. Um, the interesting thing, though, is Igor did floor. We never see Igor do floor, so that was interesting. He didn't do that bad either, 13.666. Yeah, I quite like his floor. I mean, I didn't see it in this team final, but the previous times I've seen his floor, I've enjoyed it. So Ukraine finished eighth at the end of things. Switzerland ended up in seventh and um, surprisingly did not have a good time on high bar. Yeah, um, aside from Oliver Heggie's 14.6. Yeah, um, I think both Pablo and Eddie Usoff fell. Yeah, Pablo definitely did. Um, Eddie's score looks like he did. Maybe he got a penalty of some kind. So that's interesting. Yeah, not a great day for Switzerland. But I mean, obviously, the goal for most teams here was qualifying to Tokyo. And, you know, they achieved that. They didn't do great in the finals, but they did what they went there to do. So hopefully things will go a bit better in Tokyo. And then to continue their ridiculously awesome trajectory, China Taipei finished sixth. Absolutely crazy. In a good way. Yeah. And, like, they they even didn't have the best of days. Like, they're kind of big scores, like Lee Chi Kai on Pommel Horse, Xiaoyu Jan on Pommel Horse, Tang Cha Hung on High Bar. Those are really good. Mm-hmm. But overall, you know, they weren't as on it as they were in qualifying, which makes sense because qualifying is where, like, all their energy would have gone trying to qualify a team. Third rotation... Russia and China on rings and Japan on vault. Now, the interesting thing about Japan on vault was that, as I mentioned earlier, Wataru injured his ankle and didn't vault in qualifying, but they put him up in the team final and he did a a beautiful Blahnik and delivered a really big vault score. So that was unexpected and very cool. Yeah, and then... Daiki actually got Japan's highest vault score, which with the 14.9. Yeah, so vault was a good rotation for Japan. The only kind of weak point there is that Kazumakaya was their third vault, and he vaults a Kaz one and a half. And, you know, it's, it's a pretty good vault, but it's not like an exceptional Kaz one and a half. But I mean, after Kakeru's qualifications, they probably didn't want him anywhere near that event. Yeah, no, they leaving Kikaru far, far away from Bolton High Bar was definitely a good move. So at this point, China had a, a really big lead, right? It looked like, you know, China are going to kind of, if they keep this up, they're going to kind of run away with it almost. Unsurprisingly, both Russia and China had good rings rotations. Russia was stronger, as you'd expect. All three of them broke 14.5. China did get a 14.5 from Zhu Jingyuan, and then also 14.5 from Deng Shudi. So it was also very good rotation from them, just not, it was only a few tenths behind Russia and also about a tenth behind Japan's rings rotation that I talked about being really excellent. So it was still, you know, kind of China at this point. And then Vault was 
Things got a little bit interesting on vault. Russia, unsurprisingly, again, got the highest vault score. You know, that one-two hit with Archer and Nikita is pretty special. Yeah. This in the team final was Nikita's second stuck Dragulescu in a row. Mm, wasn't it? His, wasn't that the first of, of? I don't think he stuck it in qualifying. He had like the teeniest, tiniest hop in qualifying. Well, anyway, at World Championships, Nikita went on a string of sticking all of his Dragulescus. And then that was after Stradovich did like a near perfect Kaz one and a half. So. Slightly lower on difficulty than China because they had three CAS doubles, but the execution more than made up for it. Whereas the China, Xiaorotong had a near fall on his CAS double. And can we just talk about the fact that Xiaorotong can nearly fall on a CAS double and he still scores less than a point less than Stradovich's near perfect CAS one and a half? Like, what is up with Volt scoring? I got no idea. Know, but that that made me sad but it's okay I mean it's not a specific case of it here it's not like I'm like oh this person was under or overscored it's just a general problem that that's how it is I guess so at this point Russia was starting to close the gap and then at the same time Japan were on p-bars and this is where they kind of started to drift away from Russia and China they had Yuya Komoto with his big difficulty routine, he had some some little problems and then he like hit the bar on the way down on his dismount. And I'm not sure exactly what deduction that is. I would assume like a 0.5. And then also Kikeru touched the the railing on his dismount, didn't he? I don't remember. Kikeru like nearly fell on his dismount and then didn't, but I think I hurt. I'm not, I can't remember, but I think he like touched the, the railing of the parallel bars with his hand. So the scores that China, uh, that Japan got there were kind of not really what they were looking for. And then the next rotation was where things started to get very interesting. So I think before we talk about this, I just want to bring you back to qualifications where only three guys broke 15. That was not the case here. Well, in parallel bars as a whole. Overall, I think, well, one, the guys did better on parallel bars, but also I think maybe the scoring was a bit more like what we're used to seeing. Yeah, we got a few scores over 15 in the team final. So Nikita did a beautiful routine. Um, Lin Xiaopan, who didn't do PRs in qualifying, he was brought in for the team final. He did a pretty good routine, not his best, not his worst. And then this is where it got really kind of strange because history like started to repeat itself. So I'm sure most people who watched the team final last year remember Arthur Dalloyan's fall on parallel bars. Guess what Arthur Dalloyan did on parallel bars this time? He fell. Although, interestingly, it was the same error that Zhu Jingyuan had had on the tip out in qualifying. He did the tip out and had to, like, he, like, kind of sat on the bar and then, like, muscled out of it, um, lost credit for the skill and counted a fool. So that was like, ooh, okay. And then we get Zhao Jingyuan goes up. Oh, my God. See, now that's the we wanted to see in qualifying from him. Yeah. 
he did the seven, not the 7.2 that he showed in podium training, but he did seven and scored a 16.383. Casual. Yeah. I mean, that's not even like, everyone was like, oh my God, a big score. And I was like, you can do better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we also had like David did a really nice P-Bars routine and Xiaotong did a not so nice routine. So at this point, China had, I think it was about a point and a half lead. Yeah, they're about. Um, so it was like, oh, they just kind of need to hit high bar to win. Where have we heard that before? So because it was the alternating format and Russia qualified in first, it was... China, Russia, China, Russia, China, Russia. So the first routine up was China, and then the last routine up was Russia. And the first Chinese guy up was Sun Wei, who I hope he got lots of hugs after this, because he fell on a layout to Kachev, and he was very upset. Yeah, so Sun Wei fell, which is when we were like, why is this exactly what happened last year? I mean, different gymnasts that fell, but still... Then Stradovich goes up and does like one of the best high bar routines I've ever seen him do for 14.666, which is huge. Yeah, would have gotten an event final for sure. Yeah. And then Deng Shuhi goes up, does like a pretty good routine, not his biggest score, but you know, it's a pretty good routine. And then it's kind of like Arta Dalloyan's going up. You know, he's kind of, he can be hit or miss on high bar, especially because he added the casino in qualifying. He takes out the casino. Very, very smart decision. And then Lin Xiaofan goes up, hits a really nice routine. But then at this point, Nikita Nagorni is the last gymnast up and he needs like 13.5. So basically, Um, he just needed to stay on the bar. Yeah. And I've never been more stressed watching a high bar routine. Because, like, every time he released the bar, I was, like, throwing my arms in the air, like, ah! But, yeah, and he and he did it, and he delivered, like, one of his best high bar scores ever. Yeah, I just, I just can't believe how similar it was to what happened last year. But obviously with, with the opposite result. Yeah, so Russia ended up winning by just under a point, so I think that only... Added to Sunway's despair. Yeah, poor Sunway was absolutely crying his eyes out. But it was really nice because Arthur, who was in this kind of situation last year, went over and, you know, gave him a hug because, you know, he's kind of the only guy there who could really understand that, I guess. Yeah. And then Japan ended up in third. Yeah. So what happened with Japan was, like I said, their P-bars rotation was not awesome. Their high bar rotation was like solid, no like major issues, but kind of drifted them even further away from China and Russia. And then Floor, oh my gosh, Daiki Hashimoto, who obviously his name has come up a million times so far because he did absolutely amazingly. He fell on Floor and he's another one. I hope he got a lot of hugs. I mean, I know he got a lot of hugs. There was video of the hugs. And Kazuma did a really, really nice floor routine. Kakeru did a pretty good floor routine. He went out of bounds, but like that wasn't really going to make a difference at this point. And Japan did really well. They improved on their team total from last year. They were closer to China than they were last year. You know, they were further away from fourth place than they were last year. 
But the guys were so upset, especially Daiki, who fell on floor and was kind of, you know, crying as he, right after he finished his floor routine. They were all so upset and it was just hard to see. But I think it is safe to say, given that when the team was announced, people were like, oh, will Japan even manage to win bronze? And then they ended up, you know, three and a half points clear of fourth place. I think they did better than a lot of people expected them to. Yeah, we were telling people not to underestimate Japan, and they ended up doing pretty well, even though maybe they weren't happy with the final result. Yeah, and Kazuma Kaya seemed particularly upset, and I just want to say he broke 14 on every single event in the team final. He, you know... He put up really good scores. He absolutely did his job. So that just shows how much it means to these guys. They can, you know, put up a really great performance and still be upset by the final result. Two teams we haven't mentioned yet. USA ended up in fourth and Great Britain in fifth, which is, again, they're repeating their results from last year. I do want to note... Sam did a lot better on P-bars in the team final. He got a 15.2. Yeah, Sam did a lot better almost everywhere. Floor, he got a 14.666. Yeah, his all-around total was just just under 87. It was like 86.9 something. So yeah, really good performance from Sam in the team final. And also Akash, who we were saying fell in qualifying, he... Hit his high bar routine in the team final. You'll hit his pommel horse routine. So, yeah, they they hit 18 routines. Yeah, they did pretty much about as well as you could expect them to. So, yeah, I mean, maybe they could get it. I think they're capable of a little bit higher on pommel horse. But, I mean, overall, you couldn't really ask for much more from them. And they also got um, the second highest team total on high bar behind Russia which is, you know, we always talk about how weak high bar is for USA. So I think that's a testament to just how well they did in the team final. And as for Great Britain, I didn't see this myself, but um, Max did fall on pommel horse. They had a, they had a few fools. Um, they had a fool from Joe on high bar, a fool from Gianni on floor, and fools from James and Max on pommel horse. I mean, they still had decent scores on Pommel Horse, at least given the falls, but... Um, yeah. Actually, James might not have fallen. I'm just looking at his score now. I don't know if that's a fool or not. He's capable of better. Yes. Yeah. But um, they did have a couple of stuck vaults from James and Gianni. Those were really impressive. Yeah. Definitely yeah. have one of the higher team totals on that event. Yeah, they had the third highest um, vault total. And I I mean, full credit to them going into this. I was like, oh, you know, I think a team like maybe Switzerland could, you know, maybe get ahead of GB, but they held their own. They maintained, I know top five was their goal. So good job. Right. I know we talked about Sam's all around total and also Kazuma, but um, Nikita also did all around here in team final and not for the first time this year, broke 88. So he was before, but especially after this team final, um, he was going into the all-around final as the favorite for sure. 
Yeah, heavy favourite. I mean, at this point, he'd broken 88 in the team final and also in the all-around final at Euros, and no other gymnast has broken 88 in the last two years. So uh, this result was, and it sounds kind of weird, but this result was the first time in the history of the sport that Russia had won world team gold because the previous world team golds had been when it was the Soviet Union. And since the Soviet Union broke up, Russia, they have won an Olympic team title, but they've never won a world team title. So this was, you know, a very, very big deal. And partially why last year's result was so crushing for them. Yeah, I think last year's result really uh, spurred them on. I almost think they needed that to really get to like the next level in a way. Moving on to the all-around final. Okay, so all-around final. Where do I even start with this? Can we start with the opening floor rotation where like, what was it, four? Did four people break 15 or was it only three? Um, it might have just been three. Only three people broke 15. Losers. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that, that kind of set the tone for the final, I think, with Nikita, Arta, and Xiao all breaking 15 on floor. Like, we knew those were the three to watch going into it. But, yeah, that really set the tone for what was a really excellent all-around final. Oh, um, before we go any further, probably want to talk about the people who withdrew. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Manrique withdrew. He got his qualifying spot to Tokyo. Unlike the event finals where you technically need to compete in the final to get the spot, that's not how it works with the all-around spots. So Manrique was like, I qualified to Tokyo. I'm out. <laughs> and Kim Hansol withdrew also. Yeah, and Kim Hansol made the floor final, so I think it was partially to rest for the floor final. I think one more person withdrew, but I can't remember who it was. No, it was only the two of them. So the gymnast that um, got into the final as the result of these withdrawals was Larisse Frasca, which... I'm really glad he did get to compete because originally he was first reserved by tiebreak with Sam and also Robert Vorogal for Lithuania. Oh, you know why I got confused? Because on the qualifying score sheet, Shadilov was the third reserve and Akim Musayev of Kazakhstan was the fourth. But by the time they already put in the first two reserves, they just had Musayev as like the final reserve. And I think... Shadowlove also decided that he wasn't going to compete in the final if called up. Right. So. I know Yule, he fell on Palm Horse in Qualls. He didn't fall this time, but I know he did struggle going into the dismount, and it just was not his greatest routine, so he only scored a few tenths better than his score from Qualls. Yeah, and he also had a little bit of trouble on floor. Not a fall, but... Out of bounds. Out of bounds, and just not his best, basically. Yeah. So, obviously, with Sam's, like, no good, very bad day in qualifying, and the fact that, you know, everyone knows he had 
the potential to challenge for the podium. Obviously, there were a lot of eyes on him going round in the last group. So he was starting off on vault um, while everyone else started on floor. And so he was starting with like three good events for him. Yeah, he doesn't usually have issues on vault. And he started off well. Yeah, so I guess I'll just kind of go through what happened. Um, So obviously starting on floor, um, the, the top group with most of the main contenders. And then Pommel Horse obviously is a big weak point for Arta. But he did pretty much about as well as you can expect from him on that event for a 14.0, which doesn't sound that great. But you remember he won the world title last year with a like a 13.4 on Pommel Horse. So, you know, 14 was, was a good score for him. It kept him in the, in the mix. But then you compare that to Xiao scored a 15.0, which was the highest Pommel Horse score of the final tied with Li Chi Kai. While we are talking about Pommel Horse, Oleg was in group two, so he started on Pommel Horse, and he started off with a bang, got a 14.866, which would have put him in the final if he did that in qualifications, but he didn't. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think Pommel Horse scores were a little bit higher in, in the all-around final. Um, Nikita got a 14.566, which is, again, that's a really good score for him on Pommel Horse. 6.2 difficulty, so actually only a tenth lower difficulty than Xiao Tongue, which kind of emphasizes that Xiao is nice and clean, but Nikita has some some problems on Pommel Horse. I mean, he's come a long way, but there's still, like, stuff there to deduct. And then Rings was where it kind of... So at this point, kind of, Nikita and Xiao looked... Kind of neck and neck, and Oleg, you would expect to kind of climb back up to join them after Pomoros. Because Xiao has had problems with his shoulders, his rings, well, I'm assuming it's because of his shoulder issues, his rings don't look as strong this year as they did last year. So he scored a 13.933. And I mean, that's like it's an all right ring score, but compare it to Arta's 14.433 and Nikita's 14.633. That was kind of his like weak point of the competition. Meanwhile, Sam McCulloch had scored a 15.325 on parallel bars and a 14.7 on high bar. So at the halfway point, Sam McCulloch was in the lead. So everyone was like, ooh, Sam's in the lead. I mean, it's everybody- not over until the fat lady sings. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everyone knew it was you know, going to be tough to stay up there with the other guys going to, like, vault and parallel bars and Sam's going to, like, horse and rings. Like, they're not bad events for him. They're just not. That's high scoring. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you put it up against the scores that the others would likely be getting in the later rotations. So vault was where Nikita stuck his second consecutive Dragulescu. And Xiao had a pretty nice Kazdol. And the big shock was Arta Dalloyan. You know, he's known for his vault. He did his Blahnik and he nearly sat it down. Some people were actually saying it should have counted as a fall. I think it would have counted the same either way. He got an 8.566 execution with like a very, very deep landing and a big step back. Which was also out of bounds. 
Yeah. So the thing is that Arta's air form on the Blahnik now is really, really good. There is really not much to deduct. So everyone's like, oh, um, you know, they should have counted as a fool, but they didn't because, you know, he would never get a 9.566 execution score. Actually, he would. In qualifying, he got a 9.533 execution score on that vault. So, But also the maximum landing deductions for men's vault is a, is a point. In women's gymnastics, it's eight-tenths. In men's, it's a point. So I think whether it's technically considered a fool or not, it's pretty much um, inconsequential. That was a big shock because I can't remember the last time I've seen him not make that vault. Oh, I also want to note that he wasn't rotating with the first group, but on vault, James did a really nice one. Got 9.433 execution for a 14.633 total. Yeah, and that was James's second consecutive stop vault because he stopped one in the team final as well. So, And Lloris Frasca, he did step out of bounds but did a really nice Dragulescu, I think, and got a 14.833. So at this point, Nikita was in the lead, a few tenths ahead of Xiao, and then Arta obviously dropped because now he was counting two like, low, relatively low scores. And at this point, Sam, having done a pretty good Florentine, um, was a point ahead of Arta. Oh, yeah. And also in that rotation, Oleg scored a 15.475 on parallel bars, you know, casually. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does have a 6.7 routine and his execution was pretty darn good. So, yeah. So parallel bars is, is a big scoring event for these top guys. I mean, a lot of good P-bars names in that top rotation going to parallel bars. So... Nikita got a 15.3, Arta got a 15.233, Xiao got a 15.266, Sunway got a 14.933, Kazumakaya got a 15 dead. It was a good rotation. And while this was going on, Oleg survived a high bar routine. Yeah, I know after four events, he had been relatively high ranked, but you're like, no, he still has to survive high bar and floor. Yeah, well, that's exactly what happened last year. He was in the lead after three events, and then he went to high bar, and he just died. <laughs> so, but yeah, he survived with a 13.666, not a particularly high score, but the important thing is he survived. Yeah, it's a respectable score. Yeah. And then also while all this was going on, Sam was on pommel horse. Um do you want to tell everyone what happened? He fell. On the Busnari. Yeah. And only got a 13 even. Yeah. So if I'm remembering this correctly, he also fell on the Busnari in qualifying on the, the flares out of it. So I think, I mean, everyone likes to say, oh, Sam, you know, just like it's the, the pressure or whatever. But I think it's really just a Busnari is a hard skill. Yeah. It's an F. It's an F-valued skill. Yeah, and I don't think he even got credit for it either because his difficulty is only listed as a 5.5. Yeah, because he came off when he was doing the the handstand travel part of the skill, didn't come back down before he fell off. So, yeah, he wouldn't have got credit for that. So that was kind of 
yeah, it was kind of the like, oh, Sam moment, I guess, for everyone. So obviously he kind of dropped down the rankings there. And then we went to the final rotation. So Sunway did a pretty good routine, scored a 14, put up a good score. And that was kind of the benchmark for the medal at that point. Kazumakaya went up, did a pretty good routine, not as good as the ones he'd done before, so he wasn't able to catch Sunway, and that was his only sub-14 score of the day. And then we had Tung, who at this point was about half a point behind Nikita, which is a is a catchable margin. You know, Tung is pretty good on high bar. And also, considering what had happened with Arta and the score that Sunway had put up, it seemed like he only kind of needed to hit to guarantee a medal, but he decided to go all out. He he wanted gold. So he he put the Lukin back in his routine, which he hadn't done yet this year. He went for a tripled Kachev combo, and he made it, and then he couldn't swing out of it, and he fell. Did he fall on the bar, or...? He came down off the bar. It looked like he was kind of trying to muscle out of it, but he just couldn't quite, quite get there. So he managed to just overtake Sunway. But then immediately following this, it was all very dramatic. Oleg was on floor and shock horror, Oleg survived floor. Scored pretty well, too. Yeah, like floor has always been kind of a big issue for Oleg. Ukraine didn't have a great floor in their training facility, I think. It's always been kind of a, a tough one for him. But he went for like 6.1 difficulty. Um, he had an out of bounds. But, you know, he, it was a good routine for him. And he got through it and he ended up going just under three tenths ahead of Xiao. So, like, everyone was like, oh, my God, Oleg Vinayev is in, you know, metal position. There's only two gymnasts left. Obviously, he was one of the top guys from last quad, but this quad, he's just been so injured that, like, we didn't ever think he was really going to get back to where he was. Yeah, and also, he didn't do his full difficulty in qualifying, so it's like, you know, can he do the full difficulty? He can, he did it in the final, and he, you know, I don't think he could have done much better. Definitely not. Like, he really went full steam, like, right at it. And then at this point, we had Arthur go up, and he needed, like, a like a 14 to go ahead of Oleg. And once again, it was like, is he going to do the casino? He, again, did not do the casino. Um, people who were in the arena said he warmed it up, and it didn't go very well. So he delivered, like, a pretty good routine, uh, went ahead of Oleg by like less than two tenths and then yeah at this point Nikita is the only gymnast left to go he is once again the last gymnast up on high bar like he was in the team finals but this time he needed a 12.5 to win so he could have fallen and still won but not as climactic as the team final yeah it wasn't quite as like dramatic but I was still like you know, you can't take these things for granted. So, right. yeah, he delivered. I mean, his high team wasn't perfect. His tax were a little bit off. But, yeah, and he scored 88.772. He won by about 1.6. He just 
it blows my mind how close to 89 he got. Yeah, I mean, you consider the fact that the high bar score he got in the team final would have pushed him to 89 because that was three tenths higher than his all around high bar score. Like, this is a thing that's doable for him. He could break 89, which is ridiculous because, like, no one even breaks 88 <laughs> except for him. And it's not like people had an easier time reaching 89 last quad because they did it. Right, right. Like, usually it was kind of 90 was the benchmark for a medal, but not always. <laughs> I remember in, like, 2016, the first time he competed the triple back at, like, that Spanish competition, and I think he scored around 89. And I was like, and obviously this was under the old code. And I was like, oh, yeah, that means he's got, like, you know, his, his all-around potential is so good. Like, I'm really excited for next quad. <laughs> now he's nearly breaking 89 in the new code, which is insane. So, I mean, obviously there were problems, you know, Arta's vault, Xiao's high bar, but if you ask me, no one was ever going to catch him. Yeah. He is, and it's so satisfying to me that we got a final where, you know, the favorite going in the top qualifier, the guy everyone knows is the best in the world right now, actually delivers and wins and is like undeniably the best gymnast in the world I just I think that's really um satisfying yeah I know even Tim Daggett was like Nikita is the best gymnast in the world right now and I feel like especially for him to say that you know it's true because you know how much he loves Sam he does love Sam I haven't watched the NBC coverage um Sam ended up in seventh place so we had the podium was Nikita gold Arta silver Oleg bronze Xiao in fourth Sunway fifth Kazuma Kaya sixth Sam seventh and then rounding out the top eight was Joe Fraser who had like the best day ever yeah oh I do want to note that Oleg's bronze was the first all-around world's medal for Ukraine and for Oleg yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy because obviously he's been at the top for so long. He's a limp, an Olympic all-around medalist, but yeah. And so, he's won Euros. It's just this world medal was eluding him. Yeah, and it's not even just his first all-around medal. It's his first world medal that's not on parallel bars. Yeah. So that was very cool. Um, I like. I feel like we got a lot of firsts this world's. Yeah. Yeah, and I do want to, you know, recognize Sunway and Kazuma Kaya. I mean, Kazuma finished sixth last year, and he finished sixth again this year. So, you know, consistency king. Uh, And also just, you know, they went through, they did their jobs. You know, they didn't put up anything huge to put them in contention with the very top three. But, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for guys who can just go through and hit six for six like that yeah so I do want to know Petro ended up finishing in ninth and Carlos Yulo ended up 10th which is super cool yes oh, Carlos Yulo this was his second all-round final he made the final last year but um he had like a terrible time of it um I think especially on high bar he really struggled but here he broke 
14 on three events. He broke 13.5 on two events. And then his lowest scoring event was Pommel Horse, where even though his difficulty is only 4.8, he did get an execution score in the eights. All of his execution scores were in the eights. Yeah, Carlos Yulo. He's very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, also want to note in 11th was Tang Chai Hung and 12th was Lee Chi Kai. Yeah, uh, they finished within half a tenth of each other. Yeah, uh, not the most difficulty, but Lee Chi Kai got the joint highest Hong Horse score of the final and Tang Chia Hung got the joint highest high bar score of the final, joint with Sam. Yeah. And yeah, just, you know, again, go through clean, hit six for six, you know, two Taiwanese guys in top 12 in the world, I think. I don't think anyone would have called that one before Worlds. Also want to give a little shout out to Ludovico Adali of Italy. No super outstanding scores. He does lack difficulty on some events, but he was pretty consistent all day and ended up in 17th. Yeah. And also, of course, we have to give a shout out to Nestor Abad, whose wife was in labor, uh, giving birth to their daughter the same day he was competing in the stool around final. And I know the Swiss guys, Pablo and Oliver, didn't have the greatest day. Pablo did a little bit better than Oliver, but you know what? I'm okay with it because the Swiss qualified a team, so. Yeah. Okay, do you want to play a, a guessing game? Who do you think had the highest difficulty in the all-around final? You already told me this, though. Whatever, whatever it's part of the game, go along with it. <laughs> you would think it's Nikita. But it's actually Oleg. Yeah. So Oleg did 36.7. Nikita did 36.4. So most of this difficulty came from Pommel Horse and Parallel Bars. They were pretty evenly matched on everything else. Nikita had slightly higher floor difficulty, a tenth more on high bar. But yeah, and they do the same vault. How many guys do you think had more than 35 total difficulty? I do not know. Guess. I feel like it's a lot of them. How many of them? I don't know, 15? Oh, not that many. (laughs) That's too many. 10? No. I don't know. Just tell me. Seven. Okay, so I uh, way overestimated that first time. Um, yeah, so everyone in the top eight except for Sam. And Sam would if he got credit for his Busnari. And also all of the top four were 36 and over, which is huge. For those of you who can do math, that's an average of at least six on every event. Yeah. Okay, who do you think had the highest execution score of the final? No prizes. Um, mm, this is an easy one. Nikita? Yeah, by nearly a point. Who do you think was second? This one's a bit harder. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Tang Chia Hung. That does not surprise me. Yeah. 
Yeah, he had a 51.416 total execution. Nikita had 52.372. Clearly, I've not updated my spreadsheet that far yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So, yeah, that was a, a really good all-around final. I'm very happy with the outcome. Yeah. On to event finals? I guess so. All right. All right, event finals. So for floor, who was up first on floor? I don't even remember. Nikita was up first on floor, but um, he did a floor routine that was basically an interpretive I need a nap dance. <laughs> oh, yeah, now I remember. He almost looked like he was going to fall asleep in his split. Yeah, he looked exhausted. I don't think we can underestimate the kind of physical and emotional stress that doing all around three times in a row to you know win two gold medals is going to take on a guy um especially being lost up on high ball like that i mean i was exhausted just watching him well not to mention that his wife was also here competing so that's another level to that emotional stress exactly exactly so he went out of bounds on his triple back and he downgraded his fourth pass and yeah it was just kind of we know he's capable of um, the kind of routine that would challenge for a medal on floor, but it just wasn't to be this time. We also had Artur, who he did such a beautiful routine, and I really thought he was going to win. At that point, not everyone had gone yet. Um, but then his fifth pass is supposed to be uh, back two and a half punch front double, and he bailed out of the punch and only did a front half, tuck front half actually. So that lost him three-tenths in difficulty because of the connection value and the value of the skill. So it wasn't as costly as it could have been because he already had a C skill in his routine that he doesn't count, but he lost a tenth in skill value and two-tenths in connection value. Yeah, so I don't remember which order these guys went in. So um, Dol Kopiat, you know, went in, did his job, Got a 15.2, which was pretty expected, I think. Yeah, and also I I didn't think anyone was going to beat that. I thought Arthur maybe could, but obviously he had some problems. And the only other person who had the level of difficulty to challenge for a score that high was Carlos Yulo. And Yulo did one of the cleanest routines I've ever seen. His opening full twisting double layout is what dreams are made of. And he ended up edging out Dolko Piat by a tenth. Yeah, they got the same execution score and Carlos had an extra tenth in difficulty, which is what made the difference. Yeah, so Yulo made history last year with the Philippines' first world medal. And then he basically broke his own record this year by getting the first gold. Yeah, I don't think we can underestimate how big of a deal that gold medal is for him and for gymnastics in the Philippines. I think that could be like a a game changer for them because, you know, obviously it's a very, very small program. They don't have a lot of gymnasts, but now they have a world champion. I know his siblings also do gymnastics, and his brother, at least, has been on TV for it a couple times. 
yeah, I guess it'll probably be a few years down the road before we see any other major Filipino names, I think. But it'll, it'll be interesting to see what this does for the country. Yeah. And also, like, I know sports that, like, aren't basketball don't really get a lot of coverage in the Philippines in general. And, like, this gold medal has already been, like, noted as a big deal. Bronze didn't get that much attention last year, but the gold really has. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he's going to meet with their president, and um, he's already gotten, you know, some Twitter attention from notable Filipinos. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. And then much less of a big deal, but also a big deal in its own way, was the fact that the bronze medalist was Xiao Tung of China. Yeah, so we mentioned this before, but China hasn't really been doing well on floor for most of this quad, at least. But they proved us wrong this year. I just want to look up when the last, I can't believe I haven't done this yet, um, when the last... Uh, Chinese medalist on floor was at Worlds. Yeah, it was Zukai in 2011. Yeah, so it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been several minutes. I also want to know, Lin Pan got a 14.7, which is definitely a very good score, but just wasn't enough on this particular occasion. Yeah. So yeah, China is good at floor now. This was also the only individual medal that China won in Stuttgart, which makes it kind of even weirder. Yeah, considering he didn't get to defend his pommel horse title, and then we didn't have Jinyuan in the parallel bars final, which I'm still sad about. Yeah, I think I'm going to be sad about that for quite a long time, until he wins gold in Tokyo, at least. (laughs) Anyway, just want to say our last two finalists, Kim Hansel and Dom Cunningham, they both fell, unfortunately, so they ended up in the last two spots. Yeah, and Kim Hansel had the weirdest fall. He fell on a handstand. Yeah. He, like, didn't get... It was in the Japanese handstand, too. He didn't get quite vertical and then just kind of, like, belly flopped onto the floor. Yeah. That was... Yeah. I'd be interested to know how they actually evaluated that. Well, I feel like since he didn't hit vertical, maybe they... I wouldn't give him credit for the skill. He did do a three and a half punch front double twist, though, which is not a pass you see very often. So that was impressive. He really went for the upgrades in this final. Yeah, Um, he only did a 6.1 in qualifications, but his execution, you know, definitely helped get him into the final. He was credited with a 6.3 in the final, which I think if they'd counted the handstand would have been a 6.5. So he was definitely in metal contention until he kind of uh, fell out of a handstand. <laughs> and Dom in eighth had kind of an uncharacteristic fall on his double front half. Just put his hands down. Yeah. So a medal was probably going to be a hard thing for him to get anyway, but I think he really was just kind of thrilled to be back. Well, it was his first world floor final, so not even back in the final, in his first world floor final at a high level after his injury, like I said before. So good for him. We have some thoughts on Pommel Horse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So going into this, the top three qualifiers were Max, Lee Kai, and Reese, like we were expecting. So really that's where the battle was. If they all hit, that was going to be the podium pretty much. So 
We only had two falls in this pommel horse final. One from David Belyavsky, where he, I don't know, he just kind of slipped right at the end of his routine. It was the weirdest thing. He like, it looked like it hurt too. It was like a one of the handles straight to his back. Yeah. And then also um, Daiki Hashimoto, which I was actually kind of surprised by. He's pretty consistent. Um, I haven't seen him fall on a pommel horse routine before. But, you know, first big final for... I mean, he was the youngest guy in any final. So we also had hit routines from Xiaoyu Jian, Cyril Tomason, Kazuma Kaya, and Zhu Jingyuan. So that was good. It was nice that it was a nice hit final. But like I said, the top three were kind of in a league of their own. I do want to note that Kazuma did a 6.6, but his execution wasn't quite there. Yeah, 6.6 was the second highest difficulty in the final. He did the 6.4 in all the previous competitions. So it was really good to see him hit the upgrade. Like I was saying, he's been an absolute like consistency king at this World Championships. So that was cool, even though it was not enough for a medal this time. Back to our top three. Yeah. So Max was, I think, like the second person to go. And... He hit his harder routine, the 7.0, and Max does not have the best extension on his circles, doesn't have like the best clearance either, but um, the judges ended up giving him an 8.5 on execution, so a 15.5 total, and we thought that was a little high, but you know, it's just kind of like as long as they're scoring everybody on the same level, it'll be okay. Yeah, and I just want to say the reason that we thought this was high was because in his first handstand, he had a, one of his hands step down off the handle and then step back up. So that's an automatic 0.3 deduction minimum. So his highest score in the rest of the year so far was 15.533 at Europeans for like one of the best routines he's ever done. So, so we weren't even sure if they took that deduction for the handstand error. It kind of felt like they didn't because, I mean, you think, you know, that's the kind of execution score I would expect to see him get for a normal hit routine, not one with a 0.3 error. So then, I don't know how many gymnasts later, Reese went up and he only did a 6.4. I thought he had a 6.5. So I'm I think it was the dismount. He didn't do didn't get the full difficulty on his dismount, I think. Well, anyway, his execution was great. They ended up giving his execution a 9, but his total was only a 15.4. So comparing that to Max, we're all just like, what? The thing about Reese is he has noticeably worked really hard to improve his extension and form on Pommel Horse, and it just... In any other competition, a nine, I'd be like, yeah. But it's when you compare it to Max, who had that point three error, do we really think that Reese's overall form is only a couple of tenths better than Max's? And I disagree with that. Yeah, I think we heard from people in the arena and most of the audience thought that Reese did better. Yeah. So anyway. I mean, it, it, sorry, go on. Six in difficulty is a lot, but... I think watching it, you kind of, you can see which was the better routine. 
So anyway, Lichi Kai goes after Reese. He has a tenth more in difficulty. He's at a 6.5. He's also really clean. He has a flares-based routine, so like you can't see his extension that much because he doesn't do many regular circles. But um, he's still got... His flares is really good. Yeah, and his hips are like super far away from the horse, so... He ended up getting an 8.933 in execution to give him a 15.433 total. Now, comparing Reese and Lee Chikai, I'm okay with, you know, Reese being second to Lee. Yeah. I think they, they, were, they were really close. And I think those scores are accurate because those are around their personal bests for the year. Yeah. I think I've seen some people say they think maybe Reese should have been ahead of Lee. I think... Probably could have gone either way. Um, I'm it's it's debatable, but I'm okay with this placement for those two in regards to each other. Yeah. Where the problem comes in is where they place in regards to Max. Yeah. I don't really know what to say because I don't. Okay. Before before we continue on with this discussion, we want to make it clear that we're not bashing Max here. Max did a great job. He did it, his routine to the best of his ability other than that one handstand error. Our problem here is with the judges. I do want to make that clear. We're not trying to be rude to Max. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, Max is a great competitor, um, you know, highest difficulty in the world. He hits time after time after time. I mean, there's no arguing with that. Yeah, my problem is with the judges and the way they judged the routine he put out there relative to the other routines. Yeah, like I said, if they kept judging everyone to the same standards, there wouldn't be a problem. But that's not what happened here. Yeah, I just... It's hard because, like I said, that's the kind of score you'd expect to see for him for a hit routine uh, with no notable error. I was doing my live tweeting and... You know, seeing the routine I got, I was like, okay, his execution is going to be, like, maximum, like, low eights. And then it comes up with 8.5, and obviously everyone is shocked by that because the normal scoring we expect for Max, take about a point three off of that, that's not 8.5. So that's all we have to say about Palmer Horse. <laughs> yeah, and the only other thing I want to say is that I thought overall – like, I thought that, like, the team final, the all-around final, the previous event finals had been judged well. You know, I don't have really any other issues, and I just thought it was strange to see, compared with the judging in the other finals that was pretty good, um, that this final, uh, the scores didn't really reflect what we saw. But in any case, congratulations to Max. He did his job. Congratulations to Lee Chi Kai, to Reese for his first ever world medal for his country. And then with Lee Chi Kai's, I think this is the best for Taiwan also. Yeah. And also this gold medal puts Max as joint most decorated pommel horse gymnast at world championships of all time, tied with Christian Berkey and Xiao Kin. Now on to the rings final, which was maybe... The most anticipated one for me, considering that this was the one event 
including the women's, I think, where the Olympic births had not been decided yet. Yeah. I thought what was really cool about this was that the Olympic spots ended up going to the medalists. Yeah. I thought that was cool. So I'll let you talk about podium. Oh, I was just going to kind of go chronologically. We started off with Dennis. He did an okay routine. It wasn't one of his best ones, but he ended up scoring 14.666, which, like, I was okay with. Yeah, he um, he actually upped his difficulty 0.2 from qualifying. So 6.3 was the difficulty he was doing in kind of 2017 before he had all his injury problems and was out for a really long time. So it's good to see that he's still capable of that routine, even if it does need a little bit of work still. And then Zanetti went after him. He has a tenth less in difficulty, but he was a little bit cleaner. So he ended up ahead of Dennis with a 14.725. And then Nick Klessing, who was like the surprise entry, I guess. His difficulty is a little lower at 6.1. His execution was just okay here. Again, not one of his best routines is down a couple of tenths from qualifying. So he only ended up with a 14.166. Of note, he does do a triple back dismount. He's not the only one in the world who does it, but he was the only one at the world championships who did it. Definitely very unique. Yeah, and of course, like a big crowd pleaser. He was already a home crowd gymnast, and then he was like, oh, here's a triple back. Everyone yeah. loved it. Yeah. So... Ibrahim went after that, did one of his better routines. I'm not sure if it was his best, but it was definitely very good. (laughs) And he got close to what he got in qualifying, I think, um, 14.933. So already he was ahead of the other three guys who had already won. And his chances of a medal and an Olympic spot were looking pretty good. After Ibrahim was Marco Ladadio. So obviously with Marco being the reigning bronze medalist, he has quite a bit to live up to. He also did a very good routine. Actually has a tenth more in difficulty than Ibrahim, but um, ended up just behind him with a 14.9. So now you're like, okay, things are, things are really heating up here. So then Petrunius was up next. And he looked pretty good, maybe not quite 100% where he used to be, but they dinged him a little on execution. I think he had trouble with at least one handstand and then hop on the dismount, you know, especially in a rings final where things can be so close. Those those sticks are pretty important. So he only ended up with a 14.733, which, if you're keeping track, is just above Zanetti's. So at this point, it's really coming down to the last two guys who need to qualify an Olympic spot. So after this was Artur Tomasian of Armenia, and he has the same difficulty as Nick Klessing, so 6.1, a little less than the rest of the guys. But he he messed up the dismount, and I can't remember what else he did in the routine, but It was not great. You can tell as soon as he landed that dismount and landed it poorly that he was not happy with himself. Only ended up with a 14.2. 
So already being behind Ibrahim, Marco, and Lefteris, he's out of one of the automatic Tokyo spots. And the last guy to go up was Samir. Now, Samir has a 6.2 difficulty. I think he can go up another tenth, but he didn't hear. It was also a very good routine, and you knew it was going to be very close. He ended up with a 14.8, got the bronze medal, which means that the guys who got the medals were also the guys who got spots for Tokyo, as we already mentioned. So Ibrahim, Marco, and Samir, which meant Petrunius was in fourth was not able to defend his title. This was the first time he's lost all quad, and he did not get the Tokyo spot. So I think that was a little surprising, even though we really haven't seen him since Last World. Yeah, that's, I mean, pretty big upset, I would say. Even though we knew he wasn't really at 100% going into the final, it's still like you don't expect him to end up fourth. Yeah. You would think maybe like second or third, but not fourth. Right. And also the big thing now is he needs to qualify to the Olympics. He needs to actively go out to these World Cups, win because, them. Yeah, because he had gotten surgery immediately after Worlds last year, he hasn't been to any of the World Cups at all. So he's starting at a bit of a disadvantage to some of the other guys. Yeah, although the thing is that Two of the World Cups have been won by Liu Yang, who um, I don't think China are planning on sending to any more World Cups. That's the rumor. Because he didn't go to individual nationals, and we haven't really, they didn't send him to the last two World Cups, and we haven't really seen him around at all in quite a while. So the other gymnasts with victories, the 30 points, are Courtney Tulloch and Lan Xingyu of China. I don't know what their plans are, but I would anticipate that Eleftherios could probably get this spot. Depends what China's plans are, because they also have Yu Hao, who's pretty good on rings. We can talk about the World Cups in a couple minutes, but Ibrahim Cholak is world champion on rings. Not only is this his first world title and first world medal, it is Turkey's first ever world medal, and it's a gold. This is a big deal for that country. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, all three of them were going absolutely crazy. Ibrahim, Marco, and Samir, they were all, like, crying. Um, the Turkish guys all, like, came around and started, like, picking Ibrahim up and throwing him in the air. And, yeah, it's really nice to see how much it means to them. And also, Samir dedicated his medal to his father, who passed away earlier in the year. So that was really lovely. By the way, the NBC broadcast was awful. They didn't even show Kazuma on Pommel Horse in the event final. I'm really mad about it. So I switched to the, the international erasure. What? What is with the Japan erasure, honestly? I don't know. So on the international stream, they had also mentioned that Ibrahim's father had passed away at some point. I don't know when, but his dad's not around anymore. And I know that Petrunius's father had also passed away, I think it was in 2015, if I remember correctly. But now I'm just like, is it a requirement to, like, lose your father to be a rings god? Because that's depressing as hell. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, that is sad. But anyway, on to happier news. I'm really happy that Samira was able to get bronze after being fourth, like, two years in a row. Oh, yeah. no, not two years in a row. My bad, because he didn't go to Worlds in 2017. But he was fourth last year and had been fourth on, like, one other occasion, I think. Yeah. Okay. Day two. Bolt. I almost don't want to talk about this. <laughs> you know, I'd nearly forgotten. I managed to like repress it. So Yang Hexion was the first one up and he fell on his own vault, which I have never seen him do. Like he stuck it cold this year, at least twice, I think. Yeah, I think the only time I've ever seen him fall on it was uh, 2014 event finals. Yeah, so... That was the very first vault of the whole finals. So after that, we're like, well, this is going to be one of those kinds of vault finals, huh? <laughs> what even is the point? His um, his second vault, though, was excellent. Yeah, and can I just say, I was all right with, like, most of the rest of the scoring in the final. That vault was criminally underscored compared to the other vaults in the final. Well, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. I know it doesn't matter, but I'm just... 9.3. I mean, that ball was basically perfect. He took a tiny hop and it got a lower score than like Artis Blahnik that was perfect in the air, but he took a giant lunge forward out of. I disagree. Yeah. Not that it matters, but I'm just saying. So I know in our preview, we talked about Shek Wai Hung, who does two 6.0 vaults other than Risa Gwang. I think he's the only one who does that. He did... A really scary Risa Gwen one, the, the Souk double tuck with a full twist. Like He like opened out before he was done and like landed on his stomach. But they didn't give him a zero, so <laughs> Yeah, his feet did hit first, but also, and here's another problem I have with vault scoring. Man belly flops a vault. Seven point nine three three execution score. Yeah. Which is not a thing that's unique to this final, but, you know, we all know what vault scoring is like. Yeah, the second vault was surprisingly nice. <laughs> we all know how much I hate piked vaults, but um, that one was all right. <laughs> yeah. So they were the only two that had misses. We had a lot of um, dragalescus. <laughs> yeah. I say a lot. It was only three. It felt like a lot. There have been finals with more. Yeah, well, we did see a lot, so. So, Igor did kind of the typical Igor Dragulescu. Beautiful, high, distant, kick-out stick, you know, as Igor does. And then his second vault was the Souk Double Pike, which he's had problems with, kind of. He's competed it for years, but it's always been kind of hit or miss. But he hit it this time. It was a little bit short, but he hit it and, like, put down the standard for a medal. And then we also saw a Dragulescu from Nikita, who stuck it again. Yeah, for the third consecutive time. He didn't score quite as high this time. I think his chest was maybe a little bit lower than usual. Yeah. Like I was saying, he needs a nap, but he took a quick detour to the vault finals before before. <laughs> Yeah, and then he also did a souk double pike for a second vault, right? Yeah, and like I was talking about um, when we talked about qualifying, 
I had no faith in him landing this vault, especially with how tired he seemed. I just, I didn't think it was going to happen. But he like, he didn't just land it. He like nearly stuck it. He took the tiniest hop. And I was like, where did that come from? Like, that's the best he has ever done that vault. Yeah, his execution on that was actually higher than his Dragolescu. Yeah. What I what I love about Nikita is he's a rare person who keeps his feet together in his half on block. So our other Dragolescu was from Dragolescu himself, obviously, which he got like crazy height and distance on this and also stuck it. Mm-hmm. His second vault was scary though. Yeah. So in qualifying, he did the Li Xiaopeng, which is the round off, half on, front, two and a half off. In the final, he went for, I didn't see what number he put up, so I don't know what was planned. He went for the double twist off, and he didn't quite make that either. He kind of landed as he was still twisting. It was round enough to get credit for it, but it was like, ooh, ooh. And then we saw the same second vault from Dominic Cunningham, who... His first vault in qualifying was a Yachenko triple, but here he did only a two and a half. He also only did a two and a half in the team final. So I'm not sure if that was planned or if he didn't feel quite right and opened out of it. But I'm not sure it was. I feel like I heard someone say he put up the number for the triple. Right. But like also he's got really good air awareness. So it's happened before that he's opened out of vaults and been completely fine without completing the difficulty he was intentionally planning to and I mean his difficulty wasn't enough to get him in the medals but he did actually have higher execution than Igor did he landed both vaults really nicely so yeah once he gets that triple back um consistently he'll probably be up there challenging for the medals again we kind of already talked about one of his vaults already, Artur. We mentioned his Blahnik was really high, but he took like a huge step forward. Yeah, he was probably trying quite hard not to underdo it like he did in the all-around final. Yeah. His first vault was the Yachenko triple, which he did second in qualifying. So it was interesting to see him switch so that the triple was first. He had problems with it in qualifying, not here. One of the best I've seen him do recently because he's kind of been struggling with it a bit recently, actually. But yeah, really nice. Kind of lacking distance, in my opinion, but very good landing. And then the one person we haven't talked about yet is Le from Vietnam. And he did a really nice front handspring two and a half for his first vault. And then his second vault was only a Kaz one and a half, but both were pretty solid. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So gold went to Nikita Nagorny with his miraculous soup double pike, and he was only 0.033 ahead of Arta. And then just behind them was Igor for bronze, which is his third world vault medal. So another Russia, Russia, Ukraine podium, just like in the all around. And also another thing that's interesting is that. Nikita was the youngest guy in this vault final. Really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So, parallel bars. Yeah. So, parallel bars, like we said before, we're missing a lot of big names, but, you know, that doesn't change anything. An event final is an event final. 
So we started with Sunway. He didn't have his best routine. 14.466 is not the kind of score you expect to see get a medal in a Paralabos final. And then following him was Amit Onda. He did really, really nice. There was just a couple, I think it was like a peach to one rail. He had a slight arm bend. It was just a couple little tiny things, but he was definitely the cleanest in the whole final, in my opinion. And his score reflected that. He had the highest execution score of the whole final, 14.983. So that was that was the benchmark that he set. And then following him was Kazuma Kaya, who put up a 15 in the all-around final. Here he just had a little hesitation on his one-bar stoop to handstand, and that probably like cost him that 15 mark, but he put up a score of 14.966 pretty good score and then after that was joe fraser who had the highest difficulty in the final he did pretty well (laughs) pretty well he didn't have the highest execution you know like we just said that went to amit but he did this really beautiful giant to one rail and it was like that one skill was like perfect (laughs) yeah he's got i mean in general joe is not the cleanest on parallel bars but like I say, said, he's got the highest difficulty. Palabars usually comes down to very small margins. So even though he had places where deductions were definitely taken, it didn't hurt his score too much. He still scored a 15.0. So the only gymnast who had difficulty that could kind of contend with Joe was Ferha Arachan, who had a 6.5. But if you've seen him on parallel bars, you'll know he sometimes gets a little loose in the legs and feet. I think that's kind of like similarly to Joe, he's got the big difficulty, but the execution is not quite there. So he did end up getting the same execution score as Joe, but ended up a tenth behind because his difficulty is a 6.5, whereas Joe has a 6.6. And then also we had Xiaoru Tung, who upgraded for the final. He did a 6.2 in all the previous competitions. He did a 6.4 here, but it did come at the expense of his execution. Yeah, it wasn't really one big thing for him. It was just, you know, a couple of hand adjustment and some other minor form issues. He actually ended up getting the same score as Kazuma, but they broke the tie. Yeah. So our top two qualifiers were the ones that went up last, Lucas and Petro, who scored a 15.033 in qualifying. And, oh, oh, it hurts to think about it. Lucas was looking absolutely beautiful and then fell on a McCut. He just went over on the handstand and... The rest of his routine was so nice, too. I could tell he was so upset about it afterwards. Yeah, that was really, really upsetting. He was, you know, his execution is beautiful. I really think just that fall and he really would have won. I know I was personally rooting for him to win. I know a lot of other people were. He's had a hard few years with injuries and stuff. Yeah, just really sad to see. And then Petro, do you want to explain this one? 
Yeah. So Petra also had a 6.5. What I said earlier about Flaha being the only one who had difficulty up there wasn't right. So Petra also has a 6.5. And yeah, on his first skill, I think was also a Makuts. He he fell coming down from it almost yeah. on the bar. Yeah, he like bashed his whole leg on the bar coming down out of the Makuts. And that was right at the start of the routine. So he still had to do the rest of the routine, having just made this major mistake. But yeah, he was another one that had the potential to win here and it just didn't work out. So the end of it all, we have world champion Joe Fraser. I don't think anybody really saw this podium coming. I think in my like Team GB preview, I was like, Joe has a lot of P-bars difficulty, so he could maybe sneak into the final with the best routine of his life. <laughs> Yeah, this may not have been the final anyone expected and therefore the podium that maybe people didn't expect. But with it being the first individual medals for Joe and Ahmet, who got silver, again, making history for Turkey and then bronze going to Kazuma, you could tell how happy they were. And it was just so heartwarming and really nice to see. Yeah, and also the thing is, it's tempting to be like, oh, it's kind of like an asterisk result because, you know, they didn't beat Zhu Jingyuan in the final. But here's the thing. He was there and he didn't make the final because he had an error. That is how gymnastics works. It happens sometimes. It's not what you expect. These three guys were the best three on the day. You know, I don't think anything should be taken away from what they achieved just because it wasn't the final that we anticipated going into this competition. Right. Oh, and uh, I also want to note that this is GB's first champion on parallel bars. Yeah, I mean, their only other world champion on the men's side, of course, is Max Willock on Pommel Horse. So, yeah, this is like a huge, huge deal for GB and Joe. And also, Joe was the youngest competitor in this final. Again, we have got the youngest guy winning, so... And also just, again, with people underestimating Japan and Kazuma in particular, I feel I was really happy to see him finally get this, like, well, obviously he has a medal on pommel horse already, but this year just getting an individual medal and, like, getting that recognition. Yeah, I think, as I keep saying, he's hit all his routines here. He's been like the rock of the Japanese team and he was so happy. I know he said going in that his goals were number one team gold, number two, an all around medal, number three, an individual uh, event medal. Obviously, those first two are very big. I mean, they're all very big goals. And it was nice to see that even though he couldn't win a gold medal for the team, you know, he, he got something for himself to really like, it feels like almost, obviously it's just an event medal, but it feels like, you know, a way to recognize everything that he put in to this world championships for his country, you know? And also just want to say that means that Japan and China got the same number of individual medals at this world championships. How many is that again? I can't count. (laughs) One. They both got one bronze. And Turkey got two medals. And Turkey got two medals. So, yeah, I don't want to hear anyone saying that Japan can't cope without Kohei and Kenzo, because I think they showed pretty well that they can. Absolutely. 
Okay, our final event. All right, so. Your favorite person in the world. Yeah, Chancellor Rich was up first. And I had gotten the impression, like, before Worlds started, that he was going to pull out a 6.5 routine for finals. And he didn't. He went with the same routine he did in qualifying, which was only a 6.2. He did not do his Stalder Rubalco, which, thank God, because <laughs> everyone sucks at Rubalcos, even Tin. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a Stoller Rubalco where I've been like, that's nice. I've seen ones where I've been like, that's surprisingly not bad, but never like, nice. Yeah, so right out of the gate, Tim scored a 14.666, so that kind of set the the standard for the rest of the final. So then I think Tang was next, and he had a Takacha combination. It was like a straddle-straddle-half, I think, and he fell on the second Takacha, so the straddle-half. Knowing that he was the top qualifier coming in, and watching him fall was a little sad. Yeah, and not only was he the top qualifier, he also got the highest high bar score in the team final, the highest high bar score in the all-around final. Like, I know Tin is your fave guy, but I really, really wanted Tang to win this. Yeah. We'll get to see him in Tokyo, though, so. Yeah. Next up, I think, was Lin Chopin, if I have this correctly. Yeah. His difficulty is pretty good. It's 6.2. I thought he was a little sloppy, though. Um, So the thing was, he did a 6.5 in qualifying and in team finals. So I was like, oh, you know, even though he's a little messy, he'll be able to challenge Tin. But I think on his Tkachev combo, he did layout Tkachev, straddle Tkachev. And I think that was supposed to be a Tkachev half, the second one. Yeah, it did look a little weird, but I didn't lie. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. I was like... Kind of, it looked like he didn't get a very good like release out of the first one. Yeah, so he probably had a. I don't remember exactly his routine, but he probably had you know another straddle Tkachev and just took that out because you can't repeat skills. And I'm guessing that's why his difficulty is a little lower. Yeah, and you know he's he's not like the king of execution, is he, Lin Chaopan? No. So he needed that difficulty to be in with a chance, really. Yeah, so he barely broke 14. He was 14.033. I didn't think that was going to hold up. And then Arthur was next, I think. And he was really clean all the way through. I was thinking, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he beat 10. And then he messed up the dismount. (laughs) Yeah, he upgraded his dismount to a double twisting double layout instead of a full twisting double layout, which is only a tenth, but it cost him like multiple tenths in execution because he like landed it low and took a big step. Yeah, so he ended up a little behind 10 with a 14.533. The routine itself was so beautiful though, like. It really was. So like one of the best I've ever seen him do. Yeah, and even considering his, his dismount, his execution was almost the same as Tin's. Yeah, it's it's the pirouette angles. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Tin has done better routines, but obviously this wasn't 
bad by any means. <laughs> yeah, very high standard for Tin. <laughs> anyway, Arthur Nori was up next, and he was really clean. I thought his top fall was, like, really slow. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought that as well. <laughs> I think he took a small hop on the dismount, but... Yeah, like the tiniest, teeniest adjustment. Like, it was like half a step. I know that's not a thing, but... Yeah, but it was either way, it was not a stick. He tied for the highest difficulty in this final with the 6.3, and he definitely had the highest execution as well. So he ended up getting a 14.9, and honestly, it was well-deserved for him. Yeah, it was a beautiful routine, absolutely beautiful. He did the the Winkler, which is the full twisting Jaeger, and also he had his own three to cut chip combo, which I still think they should get like a series bonus for. I really do, and if not for three, then for tens four, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he came out with that fourteen point nine. I'm like, that's gonna be hard for anyone else to be even Sam. Yeah, and it was that point I was like, if Sam wants to challenge for gold, he needs to bring out his highest difficulty routine. Yeah, I guess we can talk about Sam now. Sam ended up putting the Luke in. And yeah, but he didn't end up with the 6.5. I need to, I haven't watched it back yet to see what he missed because he's done a 6.5 before. So I'm not sure what that was, but in any case, he went for it. Can't fault him for that, but his execution wasn't what it normally is. It was down quite a bit, actually. Yeah, he had, you know, bent arms on the Luke and catch and, like, muscle it up. And then he also had a bit of a muscly swing out of something else. His tacks weren't quite on top. And then he had a pretty big hop on the dismount. So it wasn't wasn't his best. But the thing is, I feel like every time he's gone for the routine with the Luke in it, he's had some problems. I feel like that happened at Nationals also and at Selection Camp. Like, he would hit the routine, but it wouldn't be as clean as his usual standard. So I think... This is maybe not that surprising, but also, like, full credit to him for, like, putting it all out there. Sam ended up with a 14.066, so out of metal contention. But I don't think we could say that this was a disappointing performance for him. Yeah, I think it's probably a bit similar to how Xiao felt in the all-around final. Like, I've had a medal before. I want gold. I need to go for it if I want to get gold. because he. Probably with a normal routine, he probably he could have challenged Arta for bronze, if not challenged him for silver. Also in this final, we have Daiki. I'm just really happy that he did really well. I, I, I mean, after him falling in team final and in the pommel horse final, I was just really happy he could end on a good note. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Yeah, I kind of run out of things to say about him because he's just so impressive for, I mean, he's impressive in general, but for a guy who just turned 18, imagine what he's going to be able to do in a few years. Yeah, so Daiki ended up in fourth, a couple tenths behind Artur, so he got a 14.233. Yeah, he needs to either fix or get rid of his tack skills because his releases are so, so clean, but then he does his tack full and his tack half and they are nowhere near vertical. Last up was Tyson Bolt. 
he ended up falling on a Kovacs. Yeah, I fell on the Kovacs, but then didn't he repeat it and connect it to a Coleman? I don't remember. <laughs> oh. Big surprise. Yeah, I just remember the rest of the routine was really nice. Yeah, he yeah. was. And you know what? He's still going to Tokyo, so. Yeah, he can he can hit in Tokyo. You know, he has that option. <laughs> so anyway, we ended up with a new world champion, Arthur Nori. And Tin got his second world medal, um, a silver this time, and Artur got bronze. So almost the same podium as Euros, just swapped the gold medal winner. <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy that Arthur has a world high bar medal. Like, who saw that coming? You know what? After after Worlds last year, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. thing now. It's the power of the casino. <laughs> Well, power of taking it out, maybe. We did it in the final. Well, maybe just for our tour, but <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm thinking about Kakeru right now. Oh my god! <laughs> How dare you? Sorry. Anyway, do we want to talk about the World Cup points now, real quick? Okay. All right. Well, with you know, we've got all the people who have qualified as individuals or through the team to Tokyo. We've now got uh, a bunch of World Cup points will have to be reallocated. And I've gone through and done the math because I like numbers. So the big thing on floor is that Carlos Yulo, Artem Dukopiat and Alexander Shatilov were the ones who previously had the, the wins at the World Cup so far. But they all qualified as individuals. So now we've got in the lead is... Razor Pata, he's got two lots of 30 points as well as a 25. And then also with a victory is Hibiki Yarashiki of Japan. But I want to say we're probably not going to see him at any more World Cups. And then also Kazimir Schmidt of the Netherlands. So that's interesting. And then here's, here's the exciting thing. Emil Saravla has two lots of 25 and an 18. Which puts him right behind Ray for total points right now. Yep. I mean, to be fair, he's pretty far behind. But we know what he's capable of. If he keeps going and if he can produce, you know, the kind of routines we've seen him produce, he could have an outside shot at, at getting this spot. I mean, it, de- it does. It depends on a lot of things. It depends on Zapata. He might be put on the main team for Spain. And then we've also got the possibility of Japan sending Kazuki Minami to the World Cups. But it's a genuine like thing that could happen. I really want him to qualify. Me too. I, I just, he's what gymnastics should be. You know, you watch him and you just, wow, you know, I would, that's the dream is Emil in Tokyo at the Olympics. Okay, so then obviously the big thing for Pommel Horse is Li Shi Kai's points have dropped. He previously had the total, the maximum possible 90. So his points have dropped. We've now got Wang Hao of China is on 85, two 30s, and a 25. And then also with 30s are Kohei Kamiyama. Just Kohei Kamiyama, actually. He's got two 30s of his own. But then we've also got Seidra Zakaika, who can go to the World Cups in attempt to qualify there. 
Yeah, so that's going to be a really interesting one um, between kind of those three, I think, depending on who Japan decides to send to these things. Some tough decisions, I think, between like Kohai Kamiyama, Hidetaka Miyachi, Kazuki Minami, like they've got so many guys who could earn spots. But the problem is only one person per country can qualify through these apparatus cups. So exactly, exactly. So like, do they send them and just let them like battle it out, see who gets it or do they do it strategically? I don't know what they're going to do there. We already talked about rings a little bit. So obviously the big thing there is that Eleftherios Petrunius needs to qualify this way to get to Tokyo. That is his only option at this point. But then we've also got guys like Yu Hao, Courtney Tulloch, the Armenian ring specialist, Tofmasian and Davtian, Dennis Abiazin. <sighs> Yeah. I mean, Eleftherios should be able to to do it if he stays healthy, but it's not a given. Yeah. I also really want Alizaran to qualify, and at this point that seems like a bit of a long shot. It kind of does. Yeah, I don't really know how he would do that, to be honest. All right. Anyway, Volt. Yeah, so... Our other top qualifier is Jorge Vega Lopez. I assume he's still going this route because he didn't qualify through Worlds. Yeah, and then um, with 55 points, we have Yonakura, which, I mean, he could, but then again, we run into the problem of Japan basically being able to send guys who could win almost every event. Yeah, I'm not sure how they're going to decide that because... He's, I don't think he won a medal at on vault at nationals. I don't know if they're going to have like more trials to determine these things. I know they had trials to see who they were going to send before. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see who they end up sending. Yeah, and then we actually have another tie for fourth place with 48 points. We have both Andrei Medvedev and... Sang Sheng from Taiwan. Yeah. So the interesting thing about Volt is that all of the four World Cups we've had have been won, and by one I mean the 30 points earned, by different people. So there's no one who's like, oh, they only need to win like one more to get it. That should be an interesting one. And then on parallel bars. So before I think we kind of assumed that Vladislav Polyashov was kind of going to get this spot but he's actually with the reallocation of the points he drops down to third yeah although the thing is this is mostly because he's only done two world cups so far whereas the people in front of him which is Yu Hao and Mitchell Morgans are counting three so far so he still he just needs to win one more and then he'll have the maximum 90 points and Yu Hao is also only counting 130 at the moment. So, like, if Vladislav gets another lot of 30, then Yu Hao needs two more lots of 30. So that's going to be interesting also. I assume Mitch will continue to go to World Cups as well. Yeah, I would think so. But I do still think that spot is kind of right there for Polyashov. Probably. Honestly, at this point, I'm kind of invested in him getting it. So. 
So for high bar, this is where things get interesting. If you asked me a week ago, I would have just assumed that both Tin and Epco would have qualified through Worlds, but as we've discussed, Epco fell in qualifications at Worlds. He did not get an automatic spot. So and now Netherlands did not qualify a team. Yeah, but I'm talking specifically about Epco now. <laughs> yeah. So with Tin's points reallocated now, both Epka and Hidetaka Miyachi are tied with 85 points. Yep. Really, we just got to wait and see what happens at the rest of the World Cups. It'll be interesting to see how Epka looks at Coppers because that is not too far from now. Carlo McKinney is currently sitting in third, but he's way back at 54 points. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, unless someone else kind of comes and makes a very big impact, it's going to be Epka or Miyachi. Yeah. Okay, I think that's everything. (laughs) Finally. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for uh, sticking with us. Thanks for listening, and um, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so Wilds might be over, but... Things are still happening. Yeah, still a lot to to talk about. See you all next time. Thanks for listening.